Welcome to part two of our 12-part series. So part two, we want to talk about what to expect. So Stephen did a great job of painting a picture of the course whenever you get there. You have the cowbell in the background. You have the smell of mud. There's a bunch of people. Everybody's super excited. So some of the things that we wanted to cover as far as this whole experience is what to expect for things like parking. So you may have seen that you can buy VIP parking or you can just buy regular parking once you get there. That's kind of a course by course basis. Uh, Sometimes it's worth the VIP. Sometimes you get there and you're like, oh man, it's not worth it. We usually get it because it's usually worth it. But if you don't, even if you do, give yourself plenty of time to get there, get checked in and get onto the course. It it depends on which organization you're racing with, which day you're racing with, how many people are showing up. Obviously, the bigger races, there's going to be more people. A little bit later start times, you're going to have the parking lots filled. So if you have a very early start time, usually you get pretty close, even just regular parking. You're going to want to check the weather. Check the weather, check the race website, see what they recommend for clothing. Good examples of this would be like, I guess, several people, several, a few hundred ended up getting pulled off the course for hypothermia up in Lake Tahoe last year. And a lot of the people who got pulled off the course, and some people properly prepared, but a lot of people, uh, you know, they said, oh, well, it seemed pretty warm when I was getting started. So I just started in my tank top and my compression pants or whatever. So they just didn't really have that many clothes on. So really watch the races, social media and website, because they'll give you indicators of what you should be wearing and really check that weather. The opposite is kind of true of, I think it was the 2014 race, the Spartan race in Temecula, also named Helmecula, because apparently it was insanely hot. The website recommended that people wear cotton, but they didn't. And they had a lot of people being pulled off the course for heat. So pay attention to that. What to bring with you You're going to want to make sure you bring all of your race gear, which we have a whole episode dedicated to what to bring. So you're going to want to make sure you bring all of that. We'll get into that. No pets, typically. Double check the website, but a lot of the race venues won't allow you to have pets. Sometimes they do, but just check. You don't want to show up with your favorite furry friend and have them not be able to get in unless they're a certified service dog or emotional support dog, then they can come in. Your registration, we like to get our registration done in advance. Make sure you bring your ID because a lot of times they're going to check your ID against your registration. Make sure you are who you say you are. I also recommend putting all of your stuff on immediately after you get your race packet. That includes like your timing chip and anything else that's in there just so that you don't lose it. Uh, You don't want to be looking for that stuff. And depending on how big the race is and which organization it is, some of them can be very strict on start times because they need to be to keep it going. For your race day bag, you're going to know what you need when you get there to have it on, right? Because it's pretty easy to get dressed for a race in comparison to thinking about what you're going to need for after the race. So we've given some tips on your kind of your race cleanup bags. We recommend having two trash bags, carrying maybe two different towels, 
depending on the temperature, you know, sometimes we'll kind of forego the showers at the end because it's too cold. But um, if it's not going to be too cold, then I definitely recommend just going ahead and bringing your shampoo, conditioner, body wash. You can rinse off right there with the hoses. Face cloth, or if you forget, I've actually ripped my sock off and used my sock just to get that extra mud off. Not so much for my face, but maybe the rest of my body. Bringing loose clothes. So loose is important because it can be difficult to get dressed in something that's like tight because it can be sticky. And then extra water bottles for after you race. You want to make sure that you're continuing to hydrate. They do have water and things like that at the race venue. But a lot of times, you know, you may even end up muddy after you've gotten dressed and now you're on your way back to the car. So it's good to be able to rinse your feet off as well. That's some of the packing stuff that you're going to need. Like I said, we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to what you're going to need concerning like a hydration pack, shoes, blah, 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 all that stuff. But we'll get to that in a different different episode. So what to do while you're waiting around, while you're, you're waiting for your heat to start, while you're, you know, you just got there, want to do a really nice warm up. That first mile is always going to be the hardest, especially especially if you're not warmed up. So go get warmed up, do a dynamic warm up, run around a bit, do jumping jacks, do jump squats, do a lot of uh, dynamic warm ups. So maybe like the zombies where you walk and you kick your hands, swinging your arms in circles and do a good stretch. Make sure that you check out the race map. I mean, sometimes it doesn't even matter. You're just going to go do it anyway, right? But it kind of gives you a heads up and it's great to take pictures next to. So speaking of pictures, take pictures everywhere. One of the best parts of these races is all of the photo ops that you have. And you can do funny before and afters because you're going to get all muddy. And it's a great way to just make memories and whoever you're going to do this race with, even if you do it on your own, you'll make friends on the course. You always do. It's great to get pictures with all those people too. Remember that race? So some of the other locations that we really like getting pictures at would include some of the the different Spartan memorabilia that they have out there. Maybe you get it next to the results tent or the finisher flag. There's also, they also set up a big wall where you can write on it with chalk usually. So great, great photo ops. And then on the course, when you're racing, there are a lot of different photo booths or photo areas, sorry, not booths, set up. And you'll notice because you'll hear this beeping and that's your timing chip going across the pads that they have set out there. And either they have a camera that's already automated or they'll have an actual photographer. So make sure you smile. They'll take several of them for you. All right. So we've talked about some pictures and something else that you can check out while you're there is check out some of the obstacles that you can see from the spectator area. So this has saved us on a lot of different occasions where you can watch people doing it. So you can kind of observe their technique. You can see what's working for people, what's not working for people. There have been a couple obstacles where you watch it and you're like, oh man, I'm so not doing it that way when I get to this obstacle. So just watch how other people are doing it and you'll get lots of ideas. Um, They have a bag check there too. So, you know, don't worry about all of your post-race stuff. Just make sure that you have it secured in one bag and you can drop that off and then come pick it up once you're done. Make sure that you are hydrated and that you've had good nutrition that day. So it's kind of a last minute to get some stuff in if you need to. We'll have a whole episode dedicated to hydration and a whole episode dedicated to nutrition. 
So one of the things too that you'll notice, especially with the Spartan race, like I said, all races are different, but definitely with Spartan race, there is a starting corral. And so there's an initial wall that you have to go over and you have to get into this corral. So you want to make sure with any race organization, when they have a starting chip timer thing out front, if you happen to be out front, make sure you're not getting too close to that. And the announcer should warn you, but if you get too close, then then your timing chip's already going to go off. And so you're actually standing in the corral while it's it's timing you and then your time is off, right? So just watch out for that. And you're going to want to like crowd in there, going to make some new friends, probably give each other some high fives. Something to expect too for water stations is they're pretty like they're pretty scarce. Depending on which course you're on, how hot it is, you know, the race organizers, they don't want people to be getting dehydrated out on the course, but this is not a marathon. You're not going to have a water station every mile. If it's a super hot course, you may have it every couple miles, but that's about it. So we recommend hydration packs. We're going to go ahead and cover that, the hydration section of the series. But I will say that typically if it's a hot race, super and beast, definitely hydration pack, sometimes even a sprint. So it just, it depends on what the conditions are. But if you think, oh man, I'm going to get thirsty, just grab a hydration pack, wear one of those. It's totally worth it. And the same thing for nutrition and for the restrooms. I mean, this is, you know, this is an obstacle course race. You're out in the woods. So there's really not much. I've had some races where you'll see like those shot blocks or something like that being passed out uh, towards the end of the race. So bring all that stuff on your own. It's no marathon, I promise. So some other things that you can notice whenever you're going through the course, if you're racing with somebody else, you know, you'll notice like you can help each other. And if you're doing the course on your own, you can ask other people to help you. Now, the only time you can't be helped or help other people is if you are racing elite or competitive. But at that point, you're probably moving so fast that there's really, you're not paying attention. <laughs> so you have to do everything on your own at that point. But the open categories, you can help each other and it is encouraged. That's what makes this sport so much fun is all the teamwork that's required. And so, like I said before, the first mile is going to be the hardest. You may get started and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do this. Or wow, I'm, you know, I thought I could do this and now I don't know if I can. Uh, a lot of races like to find hills to start out on. So that first mile is just extra tough. So just keep going. Um, we've also found too, the older we get, the longer it takes us to warm up. So, you know, in your 20s, you can just go. And I think it was right around like 34, 35 that all of a sudden, like for every year we get older, we have to warm up like an extra mile. <laughs> so keep going. Make sure you had a great warm up before you even get started, especially on the shorter courses. So you can just jump right into it. And then also remember that the goal is not to hurt yourself. It's to finish. So there's always, you know, room for improvement on these. You want to make sure that you are doing it in in, in a an expedited safe way, right? So make sure you're you're controlled on your downhills and things like that. And that you're not going to just be like flying out of control and fall down, hurt yourself. So practicing those things are huge. And then we're going to get really into course selection, but pay attention to which course you have selected. That makes a difference. I would never recommend that a beginner just go straight up to Lake Tahoe and try it if they're 
in any way, shape, or form apprehensive about it. The course makes a difference. So make sure you listen to that section. The race coordinator or the announcer will let you know what the rules are too. So pay attention to that. Um, You know, if there are penalties for missing obstacles or failing obstacles, understand what what completing the obstacle successfully looks like. There's been a big, huge thing back and forth with Spartan Race about can you kick the bell? Can you not kick the bell? So just be very clear on that stuff because there are people there to enforce it. So since we're talking a little bit about downhill stuff, one other thing I want to talk about is toenails. Make sure that you cut them. You cut them really short. Having some extra length on them adds pressure that's being placed on the back of the toenail, which can cause bruising or lost toenail. Uh, yuck and ouch. (laughs) So another thing to practice is your running technique. A lot of these courses are very hilly, especially anything that is called a resort, because that means that it's a ski resort, which means tons of hills. And so when you're going down these hills, you have to be conscientious of how you're going down them. Because if you don't go down them properly, if you're putting all that pressure on the front of your toes and trying to stop yourself constantly, then it's going to, one, hurt your toenails, two, it's going to start to really take a toll on your knees. So one of the things I do is I kind of shuffle down side to side, almost like it would be like snowboarding side to side that way. That's for me, that's because that's what I'm used to, and I'm stronger in that way. So if that's not for you, you haven't tried it yet, just work on some different techniques. But that's one thing that people typically don't practice is downhill running. The other thing is shoelaces, and having your laces tight enough so that your shoes are not going to fall off if you get into the mud and so that they are loose enough so that they're not going to cause your feet to go numb. We've seen that too. And then don't forget sunscreen. You know, you you could be out there longer than you expected to be out there. So think about that. Like say you're out there for four hours. Would you go out into the sun and just hang out for four hours? Typically, a lot of people would think, oh, I'm going to the beach. I should put sunscreen on. Well, this is kind of the same. You just have a few more clothes on. So just be conscientious of that. All right. So that's kind of what to expect on that course and stick around for episode number three and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. OCR Radio. Get out, get dirty, get living.